Hey Zwifters, I'm Simon Schofield, this is Lea Thorvalson, this is Tanya Erith, this is a special edition of the Zwiftcast from Girona in celebration of Women's Week, coming up on this episode. A real insight into life as a pro rider, as academy winners, Lea and Tanya settle into their new training base in Spain. We're in Girona's coolest cafe for chat about racing, training, women's cycling and cheese. Would you like some cheese? I'd love some cheese. (laughs) I love cheese. Well, hello you two. Uh, This is Girona. It's such a great place. It's about my fourth or fifth time. You've been now installed for what, two weeks I think? Do you love it yet? I do. I really, I really love it. Um, I think this is the first place in all of my traveling abroad that I've thought, wow, I could stay here. Yeah. I could stay here permanently, um, and I mean there, that's not in my plan right now. But um, I think it's just it's it's small. It's easy to navigate. You can get out of the city quickly. It's nice for cycling. Uh, this is this is in case you're wondering. This is La Fabrica, which is like a cool coffee shop run by an ex cyclist, Christian Maia. He's got a number of businesses here. This is one of them. We were here for a coffee earlier on this morning. Um, Tanya, what do you make of this place? You're a European, so it's maybe a bit less different for you than it is for Leah. The place is just beautiful, and I've never lived in like an old city. It's a lovely place, and it's small. I'm from a really small village, so cities kind of scare me, and this is just perfect size to feel comfy it is a small place it's like a central historic core which is tiny you can walk around it in like five or ten minutes and then there's a more modern city which kind of rings it Um, but everybody who comes to Girona probably comes for the old town which is a great place and now home to Leia and Tanya so I thought it'd be a good idea to find out a bit more about everyday life as a pro cyclist in Girona welcome to our apartment (laughs) (laughs) do you like that um this is our flat. Bikes and bike equipment, that's kind of where we store all of our things. Um, here we have our TV, where when we'll, we'll do some Zwifting later on. Right over here in the window, so we can um, open it up and get some fresh air and ventilation. And we have a nice view over here of the street and a nice neighbor, our neighbor Tess. We, our friend actually lives right across the way there. A lot of action here in the in the evenings. We can see there's quite a few people out even right now, but it really gets kind of loud with groups of folks walking through there. It's it's nice. It's that feel for Spanish life. And then we have our kitchen space over here. We have a lot of we call them our, our family dinners over at this table here. We eat a lot, you know, we're cyclists, so let's see what's in your fridge. Hi Alexis. Hi. There's five kilos of Parmesan. Yeah. Um twelve percent beer. I don't know whose that is. Yeah. Those are mine. Good well, old my, uh, Oh, this is a staple. This is a staple. Yes. Got some vegetables. So how often does this fridge get stacked up, Leah? We, uh, it's impossible to keep it full, isn't it? I think I go to the store every day. I think we do, yeah. Because you always, as far as like, there's things you keep, you know, like your almond milk, and we've always got a stash of bananas, avocados, mangoes. They have the best mangoes ever here. You don't, it's not like in the U.S. where, you know, you go and buy like pounds of meat because there's a butcher 200 meters down the road. So you can kind of get things as you need it. And then, you know, we have um, a small market and have become friends with the owners. So... You just go in there, have a nice conversation with them, and get whatever you need for the day. But I think 
I feel like one, if not all of us, are at the store every day for something. So it gets... do you do you cook do you cook every day? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I think because because you were here and because my sister was here over the weekend, which I'm going to blame that beer on her as well. But <laughs> <laughs> we uh, we've been out a few times, but otherwise, before then, I think I'd only gone out to dinner in the first days that we were here. Just we like cooking at home, and restaurants don't open until 8:30, so. Usually we like to, I prefer to eat dinner a little bit earlier. There is a girl on the Ale Cipollini, Cipollini team, Anna Trevisi, and her family owns the Parmesan Reggiano. And um, she's good friends with some of our teammates, so she gets it for us by the kilo. And we just had a delivery, so right now Alexis has, this is one kilo. And Alexis got three and I got two, so we have five kilos of Parmesan in our fridge. Oh my god. <laughs> this makes the risotto, the risotto that I make. Is so there are, some, there are some perks to being a recyclist. Would you like some cheese? I'd love some cheese. <laughs> I love cheese. No, I mean, really, I feel like that is kind of all we do is ride bikes, eat, ride bikes, eat. I don't know what would be like, what do you do for fun? I think we're still so new to the city that it's like getting out and walking around and just seeing Girona can be fun. Yeah. And I'm old, so if I get some time to like, quiet time to read a book, that's fun. <laughs> <laughs> the life of a pro cyclist in three words. Oh, sh shiza. Eat, sleep, cycle. Eat, sleep, cycle. Tanya, so that means you're going to have to say something different. <laughs> So you're going to have to be more poetic, Tony. Mm -hmm. Early to bed. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, it's true. Uh, well, Leah, your second year as a pro, your first, you're now a kind of seasonal, seasoned professional, an old hand. I don't know if I'd go that far, but <laughs> is <laughs> not, he, a, not a rookie year anymore. Is it easier this year than it was last year? I haven't raced yet. Yeah. So. You don't know. I'll let you know. No, but does it, like, does it feel different? Does it feel like you're picking up kind of old habits instead of learning stuff for the, you know, for the first um, time? Both my comfort level on the bike and, and my skill set has improved dramatically, but there's still, there's no substitute for hours in the Peloton, yeah. which I still don't have. You know, you hope that the things you learned will translate into mm -hmm. a better race experience, but until I have that first one, I just don't you know. Don't so know. I think it's yeah. kind of like... I feel more pressure to get do, results. To, yeah, well, just to be consistent. Mm. To be, and and our team is really on fire this year. They're really riding really well. Mm. So I want to be able to step in and be a part of that and be someone that my teammates can trust and rely on in a race. So there's there's nerves for me just on being able to deliver that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Tanya, you are. Leah, a year ago, kind of, except you, you have got more racing history. Um, but your first race this season ended in a crash. Yes. <laughs> and an injury. Um, yeah. But you look like you're kind of well, well on the way to recovering from that. Um, yes, I still have problems because I, I crashed at quite high speed and crashed on my hip. And um, I got some problems with my sacroiliac junction. Mm. I noticed when you were out on the bike today, I noticed you were doing a bit of that towards the end of the ride. Was it? Yeah. Was it sore today? Yeah, it's 
like it's always that way. I'm I have no pain for the first 20 minutes and then it's starting. So normally on the long rides I did a break after every hour because then I just need one. Mm. So it's not good yet, but I'm looking forward to improvement. Mm. <laughs> um now we saw in your flat today you've got you've got a Zwift setup in there. Um, how much do you use it in season? Well, I'm working with a new coach this year who mm. really has implemented strategic blocks of training using Zwift right. alongside training outdoors. Mm. So I'll be doing that. And then, of course, you know, when when weather mandates that you're inside, when it's yeah. not safe for whatever reason. Um, but yeah, I go through blocks of it's all outdoor. And then, you know, the last time it was like it was a week or two weeks where most days I had part of the day on Zwift and part outside. And obviously it's been useful for you recuperating from this from this crash, I guess. Yeah, like the first month when I still was in Germany, I Swifted a lot just because it was quite cold and wet. Oh, and when you're fit, the other side of like the middle of April, fingers crossed, do you think you will also use Zwift during the, during the racing season, during the on-season? Yeah, first of all, I do not really like to ride when it's cold and ugly outside. That's the first point. And then sometimes you have like efforts that you don't want to do in normal traffic. Yeah. And that's for me, it's a big reason because I realized from year to year that I get more afraid of cars. Um, And the more and more happens to people I know. So um, in some efforts, I think it just makes sense to stay inside and... It's just easier to get certain things done yeah, on yeah, the trainer. Yeah. I think I think lots and lots of pro cyclists would say that. Well, using Zwift is a fantastic way of staying in touch with the women's community, mm-hmm. which I know you two are a very big part of. And uh, I'm going to embarrass you now slightly by playing in a little clip oh, good. of what <laughs> of what Kate Verano, the um, well, she's kind of head of everything women at Zwift. She's got a proper title, but I can't remember what it is. Brand manager, I think. Kate, yes. sorry about that, yeah. Kate. But Kate looks after Women's Week and all, all, all women's matters on Swift, and she had this to say about you two, so okay. don't be embarrassed. It's not that embarrassing. <laughs> How close do you think do the rest of the people who graduated or even just took part in the academy feel to, to Leia and Tanya? I think uh, very close. I think uh, to see them come up the way they did, uh, to have you know been a part of of the competition with them and to see them really transition from, you know, amateur to pro uh, and for them to share their experience the whole way has been, uh, yeah, it, it's just, it's so unique and exciting. And I think that um, it, it's, it's not like they, the women's community feels like they know them, they actually know them. Um, the girls make themselves so accessible to our community. Um, it's gonna be a really exciting year of content this year of sharing uh, their journey and uh, the exciting, you know, the races, the living situation in Drona's is, is a great new addition this year. Um, it, we're trying to give a peek inside what a, what a pro-life looks like. I think that um, our community is going to really get a kick out of, out of watching this progress. Um, Tanya, you're kind of newer to Zwift and newer to the women's community than, than Leah is. How, how connected do you feel to it? I think men are sometimes very competitive even in training rides Mm. and I just think like yeah stick to your numbers it's no it's no competition here (laughs) um but the girls are just like they want to have fun they want to connect and it's kind of a nice atmosphere in in such a workout Mm. Mm. 
Girls just want to have fun. I've never heard that before. Yeah, it's a movie and a song. <laughs> um, I mean, you're kind of like I think you're a you're a hero to the women's community, uh, aren't you? No, you are. You are. Well, I don't know. I don't know. I don't think you'll ever get me to call myself a hero. No, but I called you but, a hero, oh, well, so you could you. acknowledge it. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I, I, yeah, I feel really connected with them, and I mean. I've met several of the girls in real life. Actually, we just saw one of our fellow Zwift sisters on the way here. She's oh, really? visiting, but yeah. And I knew she was coming um, to Girona at some point, but really didn't remember when. And um, and just saw her. I mean, Girona's small like that. Yeah. So saw her walking down the street, and we'll probably end up you know meeting her for a coffee or a yeah. ride or something. And so yeah. And would you mind that? I mean, if Swifters were coming to Girona to I don't know for a holiday or visit or something. I mean, would you would you welcome them? Yeah. yeah. Would you meet them for coffee? Or probably not go for a ride with them because you're on a program. And well, that, and that's what—that's exactly yeah. what I was going to say. Is you know, I—I I think that I speak for both of us when I say we're super accessible. We are also on a routine. Yes. You know, it seems like people will come here on vacation, and even yeah. though it's like, well, all you have to do is ride. But we're on a. Our schedule is yeah. pretty set, even though it's eat, sleep, bike, repeat. It's yeah. it's. What we have, where we have to ride, what kind of rides we have to do. Yeah, you're doing your job. I mean, right. Yeah. So, um, I mean, yeah, it's, I would never, I would encourage anyone if they were coming, you know, for sure, reach out and maybe we can grab a coffee or maybe if it's an easy spin day and it works out together. I think we welcome that. We won't always be able to accommodate it, mm-hmm. but we welcome it. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. And I mean, obviously, through social media, the, the women's community can feel connected to you in your, your racing career. I mean, are you going to be making a big effort to to put out what you're doing this, this season and give a bit of insight. You're both doing blogs for Fox Women. Yeah. And is that is that a big, is that a duty or is that something you'd like to do? I think both. Mm. I Sometimes um, social media can be sort of exhausting. Yeah. Because it <laughs> and ke- cruel and yeah. unfair. And, no, yeah. it's just like it keeps you on your phone and sometimes yeah. I feel like missing out. Yeah. Um, the normal life because I, I am on, on social media um, but on the other hand I sometimes am, I'm afraid nobody's interested in it that is another point and, <laughs> and I feel like if you put up like five stories a day then it's, it's like well but who wants to see it and then, yeah. then but then you see that people react on it and um, then you realize maybe they are interested but I think because it's so new I f- sometimes feel just awkward doing it. Yeah, but it's, I mean, it's part of the job description of a of a professional athlete these days, isn't it? Social media, you, I mean, you, you've got to do it. Yeah, I think sort of an unwritten yeah. job yeah. expectation. Yeah. I mean, they don't know when saying like you have to post this many hmm. posts or you have to do, but um, but it's it's encouraged in especially I think for women cycling. You know, everything there's a massive push and movement in a lot of races that are stepping up to the plate and getting equality as far as the pay and things like that and for those things whether you like it or not exposure matters so you've got to do it really i mean it's kind of a duty to women cycling as much as sure. it is a duty to zwift or a duty to your sponsors or sure yeah i mean i think that's a pretty good way of looking at it the social media around women's racing and cycling is is very active um and uh, one person who's involved in that is Abby uh, Mickey. Abby Mickey writes for Fox Women. She also does a podcast for Fox Women. And I thought it'd be really useful to talk to Abby and get a view on whether she thought these two 
the Zwift girls, <laughs> as you used to be called, uh, were going to be, well, there was going to be a more of a sense of acceptance of the way that they'd come into the peloton. And this is what Abby had to say about that. So Box Women is a UK-based uh, women's cycling media coverage. We have everything from blogs by the riders themselves, uh, the Zwift Academy winners, both of them, Leah and also Tanya. Um, uh, we also have videos that are interviews and race coverage and all that good stuff. So really it's just like boxwomen.com is just a hub for women's cycling. It's a way to like feel really connected with the women in the Peloton and um, their point of view from of a lot of things. Most unfortunately, my microphone made me sound like a Dalek. So this is me asking Abby whether she thinks the Pro Peloton has grown more accepting of the route into cycling taken by Leia and Tanya. I think more so than last year, the women of the Peloton are accepting of it. I think last year it was a little bit of um, just from like the chatter in the Peloton. It was kind of like, oh, like there are girls who have been working years and years and years to work their way up to one of those contracts and that somebody can just come in having never done a bike race and be strong on a trainer like that a couple a lot some girls were like oh it's not fair but i mean now that it's in the second year and especially after watching leah like fight tooth and nail last year to make herself part of the peloton I think that people are a lot more accepting of it and a lot more appreciative of what Zwift is doing for the women's peloton and what it means for women who, you know, dream of being a pro cyclist. If for women's cycling, it's cool because a lot of women get into the sport later and having Zwift Academy, it just opens up a whole nother option for women who are working full-time jobs, who maybe are really, really strong and, we live in a day and age where you can follow your dream and it's not you it's not impossible to do something that makes you happy and you know throw what would have been normal life out the window so i i mean i think the zwift academy is really cool i'm impressed by the both of the girls that have won it abby seemed to think there that the resistance was breaking down and again, not to kind of flatter you, or maybe I am flattering you, but I think that was because <laughs> last year you, you, you know, you kind of proved yourself as an incredibly determined rider, apart from anything else. I am determined. You are very determined. <laughs> no, I mean, you really are. And do you, but, but, but do you think that the Peloton is now accepting you for being more than a Zwift girl? I hate to use that kind of as a, as a derogatory term. It's not because it's just the way you came into the sport. But do you think they've kind of got over that a bit now, the ones who might not have liked it? I, I think Tanya's first race, because you talked about the crash, but mm. she also won two intermediate sprints yeah, yeah. before she crashed. Yeah. yeah. So I, I think her one race, oh, sorry, she won one. She was second the other. <laughs> <laughs> um, still, to score in, I mean, right up with, just be there with the experienced pro riders. Um, I think that single race, may have given more credibility to Zwift Academy than my entire season. Yeah, I no, I mean, really, but just saying if someone was going to criticize it, yeah. like, and, yeah. and if they wanted to, like, I'm glad that there's support, and I do, I think there's, if there's negativity about it, there's far more positivity in the Peloton than there is negativity, mm. but I think that something like that is going to silence the people who want yeah. to say that it's not Yeah, results, credible. results work. And I think and to, that... To, to kind of 
shut the rattle of people who... Yeah. Tanya, do you think you might get a slightly easier ride than the parts of the Peloton gave Leah last year? I mean, I think probably for two reasons. One, you have kind of been that kind of icebreaker. I mean, you have smashed your way through (laughs) icebergs and things without overstretching the analogy. But, I mean, you come into it with more racing experience than than Leah had. Do Do you expect to get any resistance or do you think the kind of job of of you know Zwift girls can actually ride a bike and do races and do what pros do do you think that job's been done now well first of all I'm really happy to be the second one mm. because uh, I think Leah did a great job in that and kind of helps it helps me now this year because I can ask her questions and I'm not the first one everyone yeah. sort of knows how Zwift Academy works and yeah, um, yeah. does she Who- ask you lots of questions um, are you auntie? Sometimes. Are you auntie or mother or big sister or I'm, I'm or mom. Pia? I'm mom. <laughs> <laughs> Yesterday she was even baking in my room. Baking. Is that room. true? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, but but in fact, I mean, I was vacuuming upstairs, and it was just like I'm not going to vacuum my room in the hallway, and then just like skip over your room because it's your room, and like here's the vacuum. Could you do this? And our rooms aren't that big, so I was just like, do and you I want me si- to pass in here? I was sitting on my bed listening to music like a teenager. <laughs> She came in just like, yeah, that's true. Okay, well, I mean, it looks like, to some extent, the, the Academy has well, it was sort of come of age. I mean, it's produced two, two pro riders. So let's catch up with Kate and get her take on the health of the Zwift Academy programme. Well, straight off the bat, we had five times the graduates uh, in Zwift Academy this year. We had 530 graduates, so that's a huge boost from the 110 last year. Um, really fantastic. Um, you know, just to see that many women come out, take the challenge, and that's a hard program. Launching a groundbreaking worldwide talent search to find the next pro rider for Canyon SRAM racing. So it's a real, um, it's a real test. So for that many women to come out and make the commitment um, to completing the full program uh, was really impressive. Not everybody who enters probably wants to be a pro. It's actually about being part of a community, isn't it? Absolutely. And that's something that we discovered that first year. You know, we built this talent ID competition and instead of it, you know, just turning into, uh, you know, this, this search for a pro, it turned into this just beautiful global women's community. It's great to have a great, a big group here. They support each other. They encouraged each other. Um, it was, yeah, it was a really incredible thing. I look at it as as an outsider because I'm not part of that community, but I do see evidence that kind of relationships that seem to have been formed in that community mm-hmm. persist actually way beyond the, the community. Is that, is that right? Yeah, I think it's like like any other academy or institution. Um, when you go through something today, together, uh, it makes you stronger. With every ride and with every workout, we're building more momentum with more ladies joining. And we had this great motto in Zwift Academy, um, strong on our own, fearless together. And it, you really, um, you saw how the encouragement of the community made everybody stronger. And I think that a lot of people may, maybe wouldn't have finished it if it weren't for, you know, um, you know, I, I guess being encouraged by their, by other riders. That's awesome. We won't let you get dropped. We'll take it easy so you can catch up and uh, everybody posting when they finished or when they finished one of the hard workouts and kind of commiserating with each other and celebrating with each other. 
Um, it just uh, built this real strong morale within the community. And uh, it did become so much more than a talent ID competition. It was like this, you know, this challenge that everybody was doing together and that we are a part of something. And then, you know, it just, it grows to so much more than just a workout program. Uh, so the graduation rate beats the men, the male graduation rate into a, into a cocked hat. Um, and as I've mentioned on the podcast before, lots of people, lots of women who came back to the academy uh, did, in fact, come back to it. They'd, they'd, been, they'd been on it the year before. The return rate was, like, massive. Yeah. Why do you... And, and the men, to be fair to the men's one, it was year one last year, and I think there, were, there are going to be some tweaks made to it. But why do you think the Women's Academy is just so incredibly successful? Women in general, I'm being sexist and stereotype, but I've lived well, 39 years as one now. I think that we're, we're more emotional creatures in general. I think that something like this is a competition and we absolutely encourage each other and, you know, feed off each other's competitive spirit, but it also becomes a sisterhood. You know, yeah. there's, there's women, I think I would say, you know, of those returning participants, I'm sure there was a percentage that thought, oh, I was so close, maybe next year. But I think there was probably equal number who didn't think, you know, that, that know that they had no chance and they knew this year they had no chance as far as actually getting a pro contract, mm. but they wanted those relationships. Yeah. Because it really is, it really is a strong community of women. And I think, I think men are just different that way. Like, I think they're a little bit less yeah. likely to, yeah. you know, like, want to go meet another men's lift academy person in real life and have a coffee like I'm not saying it's never happened but i just think that's women are more that way yeah, yeah um being in girona for the last couple of days some spending some time with 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 both of you i mean it's a very programmed life i was gonna say is it a lonely life i don't think it's a lonely life because you've got lots of company and stuff but do you feel very detached from the people back home does it feel like a different world the world outside the pro cycling life now being here, just, sort of, yeah. and I think I think mostly because of um, feeling so fully integrated in it here. Like I was never settled in one place yeah. last year. Yeah. I was there. I was here for four weeks. And I was home for four weeks. Yeah. I was here for six weeks. Yeah. So I didn't feel like I'm. I was never making a place a home. Like, of course, there's things that I miss, mm. but I'm not counting the days. I don't. I don't feel homesick. Yeah. You know, I'm comfortable here. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Homesick for you? I mean, Germany's closer than Little Rock, <laughs> Arkansas, obviously. I mean, could you go back? But it's, it's not actually the physical thing, is it? I think it's the psychological commitment to the, to the life of a, a pro bike racer in Girona. For me, nothing changed so much because I've been... The place where I grew up was like 400 kilometers away from the place where I studied mm. and I never felt comfortable in that place where I studied. Mm. People who know me know. And um, it was a six hour train ride back home and now it's like a two hour flight so mm. that didn't really change. Um, and I had a, my, the contact to my parents, my sister was only over the phone and that stayed the same. Mm. And I Obviously, there's like more ways than ever of keeping in touch with people. I mean, we were just talking about social media. I'm sure friends and family track your progress on social media as much as they do yeah, even get like uncles voice calls from you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and there are multiple, multiple ways of staying in touch these days, as we know. And one of them, actually, is Zwift. Uh, and two sisters 
on completely opposite sides of the world do use Zwift as a means of keeping a connection going. So let's hear their story. Well, welcome to the Zwiftcast to Amy and to Jenny. Hello, you two. Hi. Hello, Simon. And okay, so the reason we've got you on is because Amy is in Sydney, Australia, and Jenny is in New Hampshire, USA. And um, in the manner of one of those sisterly chats that I never, ever, ever have with my sister, she like rings me up and I say, "What's wrong?" But I, I gather, I gather sisters, sisters do talk to each other. You two are sisters. And you not only talk to each other a lot, but you talk to each other on Zwift whilst riding. Amy, tell me some more. How does this work? We get hop on Discord. We hop on there and we decide what route we're going to go, what group ride or race we're going to do. And um, we chat the whole way. We encourage each other if it's a race. Or, um, you know, basically just digest what's going on in our lives and work it all out. <laughs> Jenny, is this a replacement for those very long phone calls that sisters tend to have with each other when they're not in the same place? Yeah, I mean, it's it's a lot more fun because instead of just sitting on the couch doing nothing, we're getting a workout in at the same time. So it's sort of killing two birds with one stone in um, our busy lives. It sounds great. Um, Amy, you, you, were, you were telling me when we were chatting just off camera earlier on that you introduced, uh, you introduced your sister Jenny to uh, bicycles and bike racing and she has rather annoyingly got a bit better at it than you now. Is that right? No. <laughs> yes, <laughs> for sure. And I feel it on the hills. <laughs> I mean, I, I, hate it. I hate it when that happens. How, how have you allowed that to happen? I don't know. I've tried to lose a little weight to keep up, but it's hard. <laughs> is, is this right, Jenny? Are you are you something of a of a beast on a bike? But I mean, I've certainly gotten a lot better. I mean, there was only one way to go. If you've never, I haven't really ridden a bike before. I joined Zwift a little over a year ago. So, um, but no, Amy's still pretty strong. And I think if I go faster, it's because she's pushing me to go faster, not because I'm just doing it. <laughs> Uh, I mean, Amy, have you have you done many kind of sisterly um, athletic endeavors together? So we've done a bunch of stuff on and off, but after since having kids, we've both started running passionately, and we've uh, run the Boston Marathon together. Are you going to start running on Zwift now? There's running on Zwift. Well, um, I have started running. Amy doesn't have a treadmill right now, so she can't run on Zwift yet. Yes, I'm feeling the pressure. <laughs> I mean, the thing is with running, running and talking. I mean, that must be that must be completely impossible, wasn't it? Do you think you do you think you could do that? Did you chat to each other while you were running the marathon? We're really good at running and chatting. <laughs> <laughs> you're very good at lots of things, but it sounds like you're very good at chatting. I mean, um, just just going on to the kind of broader picture of, of of the women's community and Swift. I mean, it does seem like a super. And I, I don't want to kind of lapse into sexist stereotypes here, but it does seem a very social. Uh, and sort of chatty place, Jenny. Is, is that is that right? Uh, I think so. I mean, definitely, you know, a lot of the women will text um, messages and chat and stuff like that. And, I, um, and it's a very, I think it's a more, it's a very supportive environment um, on the women's rides. Because, um, you know, you'll see women just spontaneously drop back and pick people up and bring them back up to the group and that sort of thing. So, yeah, it's definitely social and chatty. One thing about the, the Zwift women's community is it sort of feels like it's smaller than it ought to be, really. I mean, what 
Jenny, did, do you try and kind of recruit friends to it? Um, I've actually, I recently did recruit someone to it. I don't know if she's going to do it or not. <laughs> she sent me a message. What was the name of that program again? Um, you know, living in New England, the winters are long. And so um, having something to do indoors when it's icy outside is, it can be really helpful. So, yeah. So I've definitely tried to recruit friends. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's very, very, very good work. Amy, I know there's a, a terrific Australian and a terrific Australian women's community in uh, Australia because I've been had the privilege of, of of meeting some of the people. Um, I mean, do, is, is is it is it growing there? Do you think? I think yes, definitely growing, and I think it's really supported when they have the the Rafa meetups. It's incredible to go to those. You know, you've been riding with people all year. You show up and you're like, oh, my gosh, there are all these really fit people here. <laughs> and it's it's just a great community. Um, but it's fantastic to see two sisters on literally, I mean, the, 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 the either side of the world, keeping up and keeping up on Zwift. Uh, a pleasure to talk to both of you. Thank you very much indeed. Thanks. Oh, thank you so much, Simon. <laughs> Let's talk about the upcoming year ahead in terms of racing. Maybe one of the highest profile races that you're both going to be racing is, is the Tour of California. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, do you see that as your biggest race that you know about this season? Yeah, I have two World Tour races and those obviously are kind of my A races. Mm. And then I have some smaller races at the end of the season. Um, and I think Tour of California between being a World Tour level race and then being um, the only team event that I'll get to have in my home country. People, you know, oh, when are you going to race here? And I don't think, I mean, California is quite a ways from Arkansas, so I don't expect to have a lot of people there, but I may have some people there and, mm. you know, they'll be able to access it on television, which you can't, yeah. even if things are on television here, a yeah. lot of it you can't get. In the U.S. Yeah, and even yeah. if it's live streamed, a lot yeah. of times there's, yeah. um, there's what's it called, when it's blocked, so yeah, you can't. Yeah. So. Um, so I think it's kind of special for me in that way. It's mid-season, yeah. or for me, really, it's going to be my second race. So it's early season yeah. feel to me. Yeah. And, you know, my hope is that I'll continue to progress throughout the season to where my best, my season highlight as far as performance or ability to deliver something for myself and or for my team um, I would hope will be something later. See how the season goes, I think, is what what you really mean yeah. by that, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. 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 Tony, we were discussing uh, last night that you're going to be racing the Tour de Yorkshire, which is on my home roads. Yeah. Uh, like that. Nothing flat at all. And hard roads. Uh, I think the men last year when they did the Tour de Yorkshire said said the roads were hard. So, um, sorry about that. Are you, <laughs> are you looking you. forward Thank to you. it? Thank you. I am. I'm actually really looking forward to the Healthy Aging Tour because there's no yeah. up and down. Yeah. And I, I love the Dutch people. I did a lot of uh, Dutch races last year. I nearly raced every second weekend in, in the Netherlands mm. last year at Pigskirkrits. And um, so I have a lot of friends there that already said they're going to come and watch at least one stage. Mm. Um, and I think that's going to be great. So I'm really looking forward to that. Um, and like my like a a race is the tour of california yeah um yeah and on the other hand i'm looking forward to every race i'm doing well there was a breakthrough in a sense for women's racing and riding on swift recently with the advent of the first women's shram tour which sadly was 
marred would be one word ruined probably too strong but there was there was certainly an incident which caused uh, quite a lot of chatter understandably um, let's talk to Kate about what the incident was and what was done about it the clue is that on my script this is called to the amusement of these two this this little segment is called the trouble with men <laughs> there was some bloke who, I mean, I think he acknowledges he was acting like a complete fool, who uh, entered a women's event simply to get a jersey. Yeah. And there was a big outpouring of, well, let's call it what it was. There was a big outpouring of anger over yeah. that. Why? Why did we get such a strong reaction to that, Kate? It was the first time we had actually done something, uh, uh, the first women's tour that we had, the SRAM women's tour. One stage, a, a dude joined uh, and uh, not only joined, but actually did, uh, you know, I think he, he basically won the stage. It's completely understandable that the women's community was incredibly frustrated with that. Uh, it just, it feels like a violation. Um, it was just a real bonehead move um, to not only enter the event, but to, um, you know, to, 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 yeah, to outperform, you know, the women. It's not something that happens very often, but when it does, we take kind of swift action on it. People do wonder sometimes whether Zwift maybe ought to, in very isolated numbers of incidents, take swift action. So let me just ask you, you know, what action did you take over that particular incident? He sort of, he sort of got a public shaming. Yeah. Uh, and I, we, I think we all felt that that was, uh, that was enough in that case. There was another gentleman that decided to kind of uh, skirt the accusation and not own up to his actions. And uh, yeah, he received a temporary ban. <laughs> yeah. Well, so and that's people do expect Swift to do something. Yeah, and uh, and then it, you know he was really really apologetic. But uh, yeah, no, we take it very seriously. Um, we will be um, taking some action in the future so that it's a lot more difficult to um, to do to join an event in that in that manner. There's a lot of ways we could deal with this. So uh, any man out there thinking about it, uh, think twice. To interfere with a women's only event, I, uh, to be honest, why? I mean, there's, sure. no, there, there's no need for that. There's sure. no need actually even to be part of it because there's like hundreds of yeah, men's yeah. events. So why anyway? I mean, we have been through that and it was well rehearsed and it was good to see Zwift taking action ab about it. I suppose one thing this does uh, prompt a little discussion on is, is there much, do you ever train with the guys in, in real life? I mean, is there much, I mean, is the women's peloton and the men's peloton, are they completely separate? I mean... I mean, I'm only a pro rider um, for two months yeah, now. Yeah, But before, I only rode with boys. Like, I never trained yeah. with girls, actually. No. Right. Uh, but I think that's just a thing that there are more guys. So yeah. Yeah, yeah. if you're maybe in an area where not a lot of people ride, it's just easier to find cyclists male cyclists yeah. than girls it's yeah. just yeah. not that i don't want to ride with girls it's just like you don't find them that often yeah yeah do you train with the dance ever mm -hmm. yeah it, yeah yeah when i'm at home i mean it's mostly guys yeah. the same as tanya there are a few girls and there's um that i'm very close friends with and occasionally you know the reason that if we didn't train together it was a lot of um they have a program as well. Mm. So it's like there's almost always guys who, you know, they, they're always open for a group ride, whether it's a tax or whether it's cruising, like you're always gonna have those guys where the girls, 
I think there's more, there's the social women mm. who may be just getting into it. And I, 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 I think you know that I don't mean this in the way of like our training paces and efforts are different. Yeah. And then there's the women who are, we're kind of at the same level and they're kind of all on a program. So it's like, you're all just like she said, there's, there's just, there's more available men. Now here I haven't trained with the men, mm. um, partially because I don't know a ton of them. And then, you know, like but, I mean, the, the, the sp- people might find this surprising. I mean, you generally train alone, don't you? I mean, even yeah. though to you two are living together, you don't, don't you don't tend to train together. Typically, that just often. on easy days, because when yeah. you have your efforts set, yeah, you yeah. can go out saying like, okay, you know, we're, we'll ride together for maybe for the beginning or something. But you, yeah, you rarely. I, I don't know if I've ever seen us line up where like, oh, that's your workout today. I have the same thing. Yeah, yeah. Aside yeah. from that yeah. team camp. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, but on a recovery day you would yeah we did like, like, like yeah. we saw you today you go out and ride together and chat and mm-hmm. oh yesterday we did like three hours together yeah yeah I had three hours she had four hours so, so we I did three together and then yeah but the times those things coincide are quite infrequent yeah the fact that we've had two in a row now is kind of <laughs> astonishing yeah. but yeah and I think we just get sort of used to it so where it's if you have people to train with even when i was at home in little rock it was typically the weekend long rides that yes. you'd look for a bunch to ride with mm. but yeah when you're doing a specific session it's just it's easier to just do what you've got to do yeah yeah well one place uh, without this sounded like a terrible advert but one place where it is really easy to find women to ride with um of a, of a similar ability is is obviously on Zwift and that that has led to a very strong community of uh, women riders on Zwift so let's hear once more from Kate uh be the last one from Kate this actually on on why she thinks the women's community on Zwift is special the women's uh, community has grown significantly I would not say it's overwhelming but it's promising in the right direction um the engagement is really high what I like love to see is more women doing uh group events and workouts and uh, more women um, starting teams and, and, and joining teams and starting events. So I think the engagement is definitely at its highest point ever and moving in a very solid direction. And do you think engage, it's that kind of engagement that will eventually basically bring more women onto the platform? Oh, absolutely. I mean, just like in real life, you know, um, it's, it's having a community to, um, to encourage you, to motivate you when you maybe, hey, you know, it's a little cold this morning or a little, I'm a little tired from last night, but knowing that there's other women out there that are, are excited to have you there, um, that uh, you, can, you can share the pain with and you can share the joy with, um, it makes the workouts go by easier. It makes the, the effort more fun. And I think it's, it's a huge part, especially of our women's community. I think the social side of it, is, is massive. There's just so much bonding going on. And I think that really, I think it encourages people to ride uh, more often. We know women's cycling is on the rise. Mm-hmm. It's clearly strong on Zwift. Do, mm-hmm. do you think Zwift can match in real life? Or do you think Zwift could actually even improve on in real life? And I'm talking about overall women's participation here. Yeah, I, I absolutely do. I think that um, there's so much opportunity in Zwift and we could reach a lot of women in a lot of ways. And I think that women um, especially will respond to the, to the social side of Zwift and um, see the opportunity to get together on rides when it, that might be a little harder in real life. But, uh, you know, 
it's 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 incredibly easy to to ride with people all over the world. So I, I and I see women taking the uh, the opportunity to create the rides, to create the opportunity to create the events, um, to bring together women all around the world. So I, I think absolutely. Everything I hear does suggest that there is this very special characteristic of the of the Swift the Swift women's community. Now my thing about it is I just think it it ought to be bigger than it is. There ought to, there just ought to be more, more women on Zwift. Why, and, 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 and it is growing, and Kate did say that, that you know, that, that she feels that, that the strength of the community will be reflected in increased numbers in, in due course. Mm -hmm. But why do you think we have still got this big, big imbalance between men and women in, on Zwift and in real life? You know, mm. I mean, why are we not seeing more women riders, or am I being too negative? Are we actually seeing more and more women on bikes? Is that your everyday experience? No, I think, um, especially, especially back home. I mean, I know we've been trying, but it's like you put together, you, you know, you fight to have a women's field, for example, at a Criterium series. Mm. And on a good day, the, you know, you've got three different categories for men and you have a women, just open women, and maybe have on a good day eight women. Mm. So and I don't know. Because do you think, do you think I, this is linked to what we were what we were talking about before, which was a lack of TV coverage up to, up to press? And, um, and, and is it? I think that's more for pros though, and for why. But yeah, but is there a kind of role model effect where you see very strong, powerful women on TV winning races, and that's going to encourage more young women to? think about taking up cycling as a competitive sport or is that grossly over simplistic tough question I I just think you can spot that in every sport mm. except of women only sports that there's most of the time a bigger male crowd doing the sport than a female crowd in, in mixed in mixed sports yeah like yeah. no matter if it's football or if it's tri in triathlon it used to be the same hmm. um, well and I do wonder you know like I spent some time last year um, in an attempt at preparation to, to be more comfortable in, in the races with my teammates I went to Belgium and did some races and I mean it might have been a Wednesday night Saturday night and there was a field of 85 women yeah. so what I would be curious about is I mean I do understand there's a culture of cycling in Belgium yeah. that goes back years and years and years but that started somewhere yeah so how did they get yeah. that culture there where you know why is there 85 in a random city in Belgium and in Little Rock Arkansas there's eight yeah yeah I, so I don't I yeah. don't yeah yeah I mean it suggests that that it does it suggests that there's it can happen. It's sure. it's maybe what needs to come together to to make it happen. Anyway, the thing is, we shouldn't really finish this discussion on on a negative because we just celebrated Women's Week and yeah. and that is a great great thing in Swift and and for women cycling in general. And if you look at women cycling in general, I think my view of it is it is definitely definitely on the, on the rise. Yeah. And sooner or later, that probably will be reflected in greater and greater numbers participating. Yeah. So um, let's let's.
take that as a positive to end 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 this end this special podcast on. I didn't mean that to be negative. I was no, more no, saying no, it's like it's remarkable how many they have. Yeah. What yeah. could we do differently yeah. to? Yeah. And I think what I spotted like in the last year's fixed gear crits that I did, that women sometimes are more afraid of just doing a race, mm. where mm. men just they do it because they think they're great. <laughs> so they just plunge in without thinking about like, it. It's just like they just do it because they don't think about it or yeah. don't double think it or how you how you say yeah. it. Overthink yeah. it. Overthink it. Yeah. And um, women just have to feel really comfortable to start mm. racing. Mm. And I can just encourage girls and women to go out there and race because yeah. that's how you get the experience and um, realize that it's real fun to do it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, we've chatted for ages and ages and ages. I've thoroughly enjoyed it as ever. Uh, it's been great not only chatting to you today, spending some time with you today. Shall we tell people what happened when we came back from the end of the ride today? I thought that was really interesting. <laughs> so we got pulled. I was on the back of a scooter uh, being Mr. Fat and Lazy and not standing a chance of keeping up with these two, particularly whilst holding a camera. So I was on the back of a scooter and we got pulled by the cops, didn't we? Coming back into the city to where there's a bit more traffic and, and we were kind of trying to navigate the best way to get mm. back to our street, which is a one-way street. I kind of whipped a Yui to tell you guys, hey, can you navigate back to the apartment? Yeah. We're going to take this yeah. way. And a, 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 a cop on a bike, on a motorcycle, pulled up. And I thought, I wasn't even sure what law I'd broken. But I was like, we just... Well, that was the same, because he, he pulled up to us. And he, he, he spoke in Catalan. And I yeah. couldn't understand what he was saying. But then he, any, anyway, he spoke to us. And we weren't sure. I, I thought I was in trouble for kind of like, I don't know, unauthorized filming or something. Because yeah. I was on the back... And he said, are these friends of yours? Yeah. Do you know these guys on the bike? And they, I think he was, he was protecting us. Yeah, he, was he was concerned yeah. Yeah. that you were some creep yeah. with a camera. <laughs> maybe he was stalking <laughs> us around. Was, yeah. yeah, maybe he, he just saw kind of you all stalker. morning. I know. I know. He, he followed us all morning I know. through Girona with a camera. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but apart from being, you know, suspected of being some weird stalker with a camera, actually, that, I thought that was pretty... Yeah, it was nice. I, it was quite reassuring, I thought. Yeah, actually. yeah. Yeah, uh, it was really nice. Yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I think I, I could get used to following cyclists on a scooter. It's something easier than pedaling a bike. <laughs> um, anyway, listen, it's been, uh, it's been fabulous spending some time with you. Really, really enjoyed it both on and off camera uh, over the last couple of days. Fantastic good luck for the season. Thank Hope you. Hope your injury recovers really, really quickly Thank and you. good luck for the rest of the season. Thank you. Um, I know we'll be able to follow your exploits on social media as ever. Mm. Um, and we do our best. Uh, and I know you'll do your best. Yeah. And thank you for being my special co host. So you have been my co host, <laughs> co host of a special podcast. Thanks very much indeed. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, thanks for watching or listening. See you next time.